two dudes in the depths of hell, this is Play on Arrival, a weekly video game forecast brought to you by RPGera.com. Here at Play on Arrival, we'll be running down the biggest and hottest games releasing each week, talking about the new releases we've been playing since we last spoke, and looking ahead to the most anticipated games releasing next week. I'm your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this week, it is Kyle. Hey, Brian, I was wondering if you would tune into my new podcast about disgraced me of controversial singers from the 2000s, Ray J on Arrival. <laughs> Okay, we're still doing that. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's been a few weeks. I didn't know that was still the thing. <laughs> I've got a whole bunch of them, man. I know you said you wrote, you wrote down a bunch. Yeah, yeah, you wrote down a bunch. Uh, whew, man, feels weird being back. We uh, we took several weeks off there. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But before we do, special shout out to Occam's Laser for the music you hear today during the show. Go check him out where you can find music and people, including YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You won't be disappointed. Please take a moment and do us a favor. If you'd be so kind, head on over to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and a review. It really does help us out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers. See what we're doing. And if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload each week works wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexax and Zanku. So yeah, man, we uh, we recorded an episode. It's been about three weeks since right. we put up an episode of Play on Arrival. You and I sat down and recorded one two weeks ago on June 4th. Uh, that's a lie because I think you were out of town that weekend. Nope, you were out of town the following weekend. We did sit down on June 4th to record an episode and it never made it to air. Um, I That's the week that I started getting really busy. I knew that at the end of my training class, the last two weeks would be insane for me. Um, I just did not have any energy, any time, or a desire after I got off work at like 7 or 8 o'clock at night each day to edit podcasts. Everything suffered. Blood and Destroyers didn't post, Play on Arrival didn't post, and of course BG Mania didn't post either. So RPG era went about two and a half weeks without any content uploading. I do apologize about that. Um, it's going to happen again. I'll, I'll say that right now. Like, it will happen again. Uh, whenever my job gets crazy, there will probably be a week or two here and there that I do just have to take off. Otherwise, I won't have time to do anything. Um, but we're back. We are back now. We should have time. My class is over. I should be able to breathe again for a couple more months and uh kyle you're back from camping you went back camping from camping. during summer game everyone fest. survived everyone yeah. lived yeah everyone lived so we are here to discuss well i guess not even really anymore we don't discuss what happened we have a ton of release dates to confirm later on in the show <laughs> but we won't be talking about all the new game announcements but man if you missed any of the summer game fest stuff go back and check out the conferences over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash RPG era. We have several of them up with reaction videos that I did. I didn't react to everything, so there are other conferences out there. But uh, go check those out if you missed any of them, because Summer Game Fest was quite fun this year. It was really, really good. And we got a lot Lots of good information. Of good stuff, yeah. yeah, a lot of good information for this fall. Um, as we move into current conditions, it's a little weird because you and I have only played one new game over the last two and a half weeks or so. 
and that is Diablo 4. Diablo 4 is a game that you and I are actually doing a bonus episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast later this week, where we're sitting down and talking for probably 30 minutes or more on our thoughts on the game, what we've been doing, how we've been liking it, the music, everything obviously that goes into an episode of BG Mania. So we're not going to talk about Diablo 4 here on Play on Arrival. If you want to hear our thoughts, and I encourage you to go listen and hear our thoughts because Diablo 4 is incredible. Um, I, I encourage you to go listen to that episode of BG Mania, which is not currently up yet. We have not even recorded it yet as of time of recording this. We, we're doing it right after, but that will post later this week. This episode of Play on Arrival will likely post the same day you and I are recording it just because I want to get it done and been posted. Um, BG Mania on Diablo 4 will likely be by the end of the week. So if you want to hear our thoughts on that game, go listen to that episode. In current conditions today, Kyle, we're just going to play and air what you and I recorded two weeks ago because that's not changed. <laughs> right. So we're going to kick to our discussion where you and I talked about four different games. I'm going to splice that in now. We, when we come back, we'll uh, we'll pick back up with current stuff. So here we go. So I said at the beginning there, Two dudes still playing Tears of the Kingdom, unfortunately, unfortunately, just as me. You are still having right, a blast right. in this game. I am. I'm still having a total blast. And I and I don't mean that I'm not still having fun. I am still having fun when I'm in the game. However, I have been playing now for a little over three weeks, right? The game came out on right. May 12th. So last Friday, the second would have been the third week. And I've been playing since the game actually came out. I'm over 50 hours. I am not putting as many hours as I wish I could be into the game right now because I am busy at work and, you know, I can't um, I can't dedicate as much time to these massive games that I used to when I was just focusing on content creation. Remember when I put 125 hours into Persona 5 in a week? I used right, to be able right. to do shit like that. I can't anymore. <laughs> so there was a time when massive games like this didn't bother me. And I will tell you right now, if Tears of the Kingdom wasn't open world and it just was a massive linear single player game, because that's what Persona 5 is. Persona 5 is a massive linear single player game. And I was hooked the entire time. It's these massive games that are open world that I eventually start losing interest in doing everything in. Like, I will always start out very ambitious, trying to complete all side adventures, do all the side quests, do all the shrines, find all the Hudson construction signs. Like, there were things that I enjoyed that I was like, oh, man, I'm going to knock all of these out along the way. And yesterday I was sitting there trying to help Addison fix a Hudson construction sign and get it to stand for about 30-ish minutes, a little over 30 minutes. It was in the northeastern area, like the, the northeastern uh quadrant of the map uh -huh. like the complete northeast section so some like the deeper in to the zones you get and like i don't want to call them late game zones but like they're the zones that have tougher enemies in them sure the, sure the content in those zones are obviously more difficult including the hudson construction sign so they give you these four posts and you have to figure out how to get this sign to stand there's nothing else around now granted i could have used the auto build ability and had it just pool things that i've made previously using my my zone night ore but i didn't want to spend any ore because i don't have a ton of ore at the moment um so i don't even know if you have the auto build ability yet i don't i don't yet i know that it's, it exists. it's yeah it's in the depths it's in the depths 
Um, it, it, there's a quest that'll point you to it uh, eventually, but you can actually go straight to it pretty early on in the game. Like, you don't have to wait, which is actually what I did. I think I, I have that quest. Mystery in the follow Depths. all the statues, right? Yeah, Mystery in the Depths. Yeah, you do that, and then it'll take you to auto build. That's the only thing it does. The Depths actually stress me out, so I haven't I haven't done that yet. So I'm not a big fan of the Depths. I am not a big fan of the Depths. And that's what I was telling you yesterday, right? Like, sitting there that 30 minutes trying to fuck around with that construction sign, getting it to stand. I don't have a ton of time to play games right now. I'm not right. like I used to, right? I used to have a fucking ton of time. I don't have that anymore. So when I sit down to play games, I like to feel like I'm making progress. I don't sit down to play games just to have fun. And that's, prob that's probably the wrong mindset to have because I never do just sit down to play games to have fun. I always sit down to play games to make progress. Now, this is... This is a game for me that where I'm I'm not going for 100 percent completion in this game. And I, I don't go for 100 percent completion on most games. Um, my entire purpose of a game is to have fun. And if if I ever find myself playing a video game and not having fun, I stop playing the game because I it's like my my time is very limited as well in, in terms of how much I get to devote to playing video games. And so it, Zelda, I approached in the way that I was going to do anything that I come across. Right. As I as I go about the different side adventures and main missions, the things that I come across organically are the things that I'm going to. Approach Have you actually complete. done any of the actual side adventures yet? Yeah. Yeah. I've done a couple of them. Yeah. OK. I've done like two or three. But what I've been doing is I've been running around picking up every quest that I see and I was going to try to knock them all out later. I no longer think I'm going to do that. See, I still I I think I'll still pick them up. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm doing. It, I talk to everybody. Right, right. And then if it's if it's something that I get around to doing and it's close to what el whatever else I'm doing, then I do it. If there are not, some that so I have completed it. organically without even realizing I was completing the quests. Exactly. Yeah. You stumble upon it anyways. Right. And so you just kind of do it. Um, now, this is also a game that I have been anticipating for a long, long time, and I know we're not going to get another Zelda game for years to come. And so this is a game I'm not rushing. I'm taking my time, doing things as I find them, having a good time, another having fun. Another new entry. Right, exactly. Yeah, we'll we'll have a remaster or HD something, who knows what, <laughs> right? But Link's, Link's Awakening did come out between Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. So did Skyward Sword HD. So yeah. did Skyward Sword HD, yep. I know we're not going to get another new entry in the series for years. And so I am savoring this. I'm not rushing it. I am playing other games at the same time because I do want to complete some games and knock out some of these games in the backlog. Uh, but I am, when I get some downtime, I pick up Zelda, I play, I sometimes I progress, sometimes I don't. And that's okay. That's the mindset that I've approached this game with. This is not a game that is going to come and go for me. This is a game that's going to last for me for a long time. And I'm okay with that. I'm a, I'm a huge Zelda fan anyways. And so that's the way that I wanted to approach this game. And see, that's not generally how I do approach games. Like right. I don't... And, and I, I don't think I generally do either. Yeah. I don't start but... a game thinking that this is going to last me the rest of the year and I'll just keep coming back to it. I started a game with the intention of trying to finish it as quickly as possible um now i will say it probably sounded like i don't play games for fun and that's not the case right right i right. do have to be having fun while playing the game and making progress like if i'm not having any fun at all just like you i dip out really quick but i am still having fun 
I am having a lot of fun in Tears of the Kingdom. It's just I'm not making progress when I exactly, play. Yeah. And exactly. for me, I have to be making progress. When I play The Witcher 3, or when I did play The Witcher 3, that's a massive game. It's still one of my favorite open world games of all time. I made progress every single time I played. Elden Ring, I made progress every single time I played. I was killing bosses. I was clearing caves. What? And, and the caves in Elden Ring are significantly different than the caves in Tears of the Kingdom, first of all. Right, right, right. <laughs> there are so many goddamn caves in Tears of the Kingdom. I am sick of how many caves there are, and most of them just have nothing in them except for enemies and weapons and shit. But there are some that have, like, special gear that actually is part of sets and, like, damn it, I want to find that shit. Because there's certain certain gear that I want to have that I still don't have yet, and I don't know where it is. Um, By talking to you the other day, there are three layers to this map, which we've talked about here on this show, right? We have the sky layer, you have Hyrule proper, which is the ground layer, and then you have the depths, which is underground. Now, the depths in Hyrule proper are the same fucking size, right? The depths are just as big, just as large, just as expansive as Hyrule proper on the on the main floor, like the ground level. There's not as much to do down there, but there's still that much space to walk around and explore. The sky level is significantly smaller. It's just broken up islands, but still there's a lot to do. And I just don't have time for a game that is literally three games in one. This is three games in one. It's so huge. It's so big. Um, And that's why I know if I focus on doing everything, seeing everything, completing everything, I'll be in the same boat as you. I'll get overwhelmed. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I can't I can't do this any longer. It's my fault. I chose to start playing the game that way. I chose to jump into MapGD.io and look where everything was so that way I could put markers like that's my fault. I burned myself out. So I need to make a change. Yeah. It's, you know, and and just do the things in the game that you find enjoyable now. If it's the story points, if it's the shrines, do things organically as they come. I still fucking just, love the shrines, by the way. Yeah, I do too. They The shrines they, are so much fun in this game. They stepped up the shrines so much in this game. I still want to do all of those because I want to see all of the creativity that they put into the puzzles. Like, some of them are just so much fun. I did one yesterday that you had to and you may have already done this one it's kind of in Hyrule Field but I didn't go this way initially so those that explored the entirety of like the central field may have found this one but you have to it's three targets and there's a room and you walk in there's a ball and there's a like a pool of water and the target above the water and the idea is to ultra hand the ball dunk it under the water so that the force of the water shoots it up into the target okay okay but it took me a while to figure out what the fuck to do in this one and that's like the that aspect i still really find fun because they put a lot into these shrines and they're all except for the ones that you know just strip you of your gear and say kill the constructs with the enemies that are with the items that are available or my personal favorite shrines the one that you walk in and it's just already the end and you just open a chest and fucking right, walk yeah. out <laughs> yeah those are usually like at the end of a long like difficult section in the sky or something like that where either it was it was a challenge they, they to call even them, get to the shrine. i was gonna say they call them shrine quests yes right that's what the game classifies them as now there are a few that are just very very well hidden like right. you would never find them without 
a guide or someone telling you it was there unless you just happened to stumble upon it. There were two or three of those that I've marked off thanks to MapGenie.io that they I just walked in and it was the end as well. But most of them are the shrine, which I do find like you have to bring the green crystal back to where the area of the shrine would be. That's fun. The one in this, there was one in the sky, right? That you had to, you may have done this one. You had to align the shadows with the wall to get the shrine to appear. Oh, I have not done that. So I don't remember which one that is, but there's a there's like a turn style you have to turn and you have to get this little thing that you're turning. You first of all, you have to make the shadow look the way the right way by using uh, ultra hand and fuse but or attach. But um, after that, you have to then align it with a diagram on the wall. And then at 6 a.m. when the sun is in the right spot, the shrine will appear. Okay. And that's fucking dope. Yeah, that's awesome. It only appears at that one time it's, if the shadows are in the right you know, spot. That's that's the other thing too is some of the I did a I did a shrine and you've probably done this one it's up by the Rito Village I've done eighty of them so far <laughs> yeah I'm sure you've done it it's there are three hot springs and you have to find the cross section of those hot springs on yep, the map yep. where they all intersect and then go in a cave and then down right? there there's a there's a it's a, a shrine quest yeah, yeah and and then you have to like rocket the green crystal out from the bottom is that the one you're talking right. about yeah it's very yeah. cool man and <laughs> again it makes you feel so smart when you do it and figure it out it's just it makes this world feel very ancient very lived in and just cool to be a part of it and experiencing these things yeah see that shit i really enjoy it's it's when i'm not making progress and and the things that are not making me make progress i'm going to scale back on i have since decided i am no longer helping addison like he, he so there was a time when i really appreciated his 20 rubies each time that i helped him his piece of food and his like item he would give you because he always gives you three things i no longer need the food I have so much food and I have so many ingredients I can make my own food. I, I I have all the recipes. Like, I cook all the time. I don't need the food. He's not giving me anything new in terms of items that I don't have an abundance of. Sure, And sure. the 20 rubies, I can make by selling one thing. So I no longer care about the actual sign rewards, which is the main reason that I was doing these signs for the longest time. Um, I am still going to do the shrines. I still want to do all the shrines. I am no longer going to focus on the side quests or the side adventures nearly as much. I am going to basically just focus on the shrines and I think the main missions. I think that's basically what I'm going to focus on from here. I think that's I think that's a good way to do it at this point in your in your playstyle of it. And doing that, I start I made after you and I talked last night when I told you that after I started doing that, I started making significant progress. I actually cleared two full zones of what I wanted to do. And at that point, I felt happy. And the content that's dispersed in between the the story missions is the best content of the game anyways. It's the temples, it's the teardrops, it's the very, very cool stuff that you can tell they put the most time into anyways, and the shrines as well. And so you're getting the best content of the game by doing that. Exactly, exactly. So this will likely be the last time we talk about Tears of the Kingdom on Play on Arrival, because I'm hoping now that I'm refocused, and, and granted, we may still, because I know you and Sev and Bedroth and a lot of others at RPG era and within the RPG era community are going to be putting a lot of time into Tears of the Kingdom still for the rest of 2023. So we likely will still mention it here and there. But in terms of dedicating 15 plus minutes like we've been doing on the show the last three times, probably not going to happen again. I'm actually hoping by the time you and I sit down to record together because you're not going to be on the next episode, which is unfortunate since that's the Summer Game Fest recap episode. But the next time you and I sit down will be about two weeks from now. I'm hoping to be done with Tears of the Kingdom by then. 
you you probably will be with the amount of hours and getting ready for the other games that are coming out too. I know you're going to want to put I, full attention I into Final Fantasy. I need to be done so. by the time Final Fantasy 16 comes out. Yes, Tears of the Kingdom needs to be complete. And I also would like to finish Tears of the Kingdom in enough time for me to finish Jedi Survivor before Final Fantasy 16 comes out because I still haven't finished that yet. So, but yeah, probably won't talk much more on Tears of the Kingdom here on the show because I also want to talk some other games. And we have three other games that we're going to quickly talk about. I don't think you and I have much to say on either one of these three right now uh you may on your two because i know you're kind of far in but for me i just started playing my game last night but before we get to that one tell me about a game that released on xbox uh game pass two weeks ago planet yeah. alana planet alana this is a game i think you were looking forward to more than i, I still was, am actually you yeah were, i have i have a pretty excited. ready to go yeah i am very excited, excited to play about this. planet alana uh and this is a game that most aptly represents or, or I think resembles um, Inside or Limbo, if you're familiar with those games, which a lot of people are. Those are those are games that like really frequently get given away on like Epic Game Store, and they're like 99 cents on the eShop all the time. You know, they're they're cheap and and they've done really well. And so, if you've played those games, you are a character that walks from left to right. And you have to figure out how to get up that cliff or down that hole or not get eaten by this monster, right? Mm -hmm. That is the best way that I can kind of give this give this game any sort of what it feels like playing. I, I mean, it's it's mostly a limbo clone. And uh, there there are some elements of other games that I like. Um, most notably, I think it, it, there are parts that feel a lot like um, Oddworld because there's a monster that's patrolling left to right. And you have to figure out how to get that monster out of the way before you cross that little that little gap that he's patrolling or something. Right. Uh, and that's it. There's no dialogue in the game. It's just going left to right. Uh, this, the storyline of the game is you live on this planet and then all these robots start invading uh, and there's no dialogue. So you got to kind of put together the pieces of this story through the context clues that you're given. There are some cave drawings on some walls. Uh, there are some flashbacks that you see between, uh, you know, the main character and a friend. And then you uh, you also get this little black fuzzy kitty cat type thing that you can command to go to a certain place or to, you know, pick up a rope for you or something like that. Uh, but it is just a limbo game. And I don't mean to say that uh, disparagingly, it is a lot of fun. It's not long. The, the average how long to beat has it at between four and five hours, I believe. I'm surprised you haven't finished this yet. Yeah, I've I've been sparingly putting time into it. I probably am about halfway through at this point. So you're about um, like two hours in? Damn, I thought you yeah, put more time more into less, that. More or less. No, I. it's here and there. I sit down on my computer, play for 15 minutes, and then turn it off. And that's because I'm only playing it when I'm sitting at my computer and have nothing else to do. And I could be playing Zelda most of those times, and so I go play Zelda instead. Uh, but here and there, I turn on Planet Alana knock out a couple puzzles and then and then I leave it be. Uh, but I will have it done before too long because it's this is one of those games that sits on my brain and it's like you can finish it, you can finish it, you know? I could I could count this one to the game challenge. So I will finish it eventually and before too long. And it's fun. It's really fun. It's very pretty. Lots of big gorgeous backgrounds and nice beautiful lighting effects and everything like that. Uh, but if you've been looking forward to this game and you've watched the trailers you know exactly what it is. The puzzles are fun and it's been a good time so far. When I I eventually sit down to play this and I likely will do so after I finish Tears of the Kingdom and Jedi Survivor. Um, 
because it is only four hours and to take a, you know, just a quick little break and finish a game that's not lengthy. Because as soon as I jump into Final Fantasy 16, I know that's going to be a, a 40, 50 plus hour experience already. Again, um, I will sit down and play Planet Alana and I will likely finish this in one sitting because, again, it is only four and a half hours to five hours long. Like this is a easily for me like a Friday evening or Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening game. Exactly. Yeah. And you could in one session easily. Yeah. So that's what I will do when I actually sit down to play it. I just don't know when that'll be. I can tell you it'll likely be within the next 20 days because we are about 20 days away from uh, well, less than that from from Final Fantasy. So, oh, my gosh, it's crazy. <laughs> I'm excited to see how that one scores, too. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the reception. Square Enix game. is scared because I guess pre-orders are not as high as they were for Final Fantasy 15. But I think it's because people are waiting to see with, you know, Tears of the Kingdom being out, Diablo uh, 4 being Diablo, out. People yeah. are just, yeah, people are just waiting to see how this one is before they invest. Street and I think Fighter, it's it, it, yep, it, oh, Street so Fighter, which got amazing games, yeah. reviews. Street Fighter 6 got amazing reviews. As, as did Diablo. Um, as did Diablo. Yeah, both games really, really strong. You and I both bought Diablo 4, but Street Fighter 6, I had shipped from Gamefly. Um, but definitely playing Diablo this week as well. Diablo is something you and I are going to be putting quite a bit of time into, I think, this next seven days. Um, but I think people just want to wait and see how Final Fantasy 16 scores before they pick it up. And I know reviews will drop before the game comes out. Likely they'll come out several days or even up to a week prior to release. And I think at that point, Square Enix is going to see an abundance of, of pre-orders come in. I think a lot of people are going to pre-order at that point because it's going to fall high 80s, potentially even low 90s. This game looks amazingly solid for a Final Fantasy game. Like, it's the 14 team. The 14 team never disappoints. They always put out good story content, and they always put out a good game. I do think it's going to, I think it'll probably land upper 80s, maybe close to 90. Yeah, like, if it came in at a 90 or even a 91, I wouldn't be shocked. Right. I would not be shocked. I would be hyped, though. I would be as well, and I still am. Like, even if it came, even if it came in at a high 70, low 80, I'm still hyped. It's still Final Fantasy. <laughs> The other game you've been playing, Kyle, is significantly longer than Planet of Lana. How Long to Beat has it main story just 17 hours, but if you went for yeah. like main and side stuff, about 24 hours. Cassette Beasts, yeah. but I know you were really excited for this. I was really excited for it, and it, it came out initially at the end of April, but that was PC only, and I wanted to wait for it to come out to console because I wanted to play it on my Xbox. And I'm glad I did, and I'm glad I jumped into it when I did. Um, Cassette Beasts is a Pokemon-like that is pixel art graphics in what is essentially a 3D world, right? The world almost resembles kind of a Minecraft-style art style. Like voxel, um, almost? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. the voxel-inspired art, right? Um, but it is a Pokemon-like game. You, as a character, uh, you get to create your character, name your character, and you wash up on the shore of this land that you have no idea where you are and you can't remember how you got there. And that's everybody in this land. Everybody washes up eventually and no one knows how they got there. And it doesn't it doesn't go through great lengths to explain how these things happen. In fact, a lot of the p characters are like, we don't even know how this happens, but here we are. You get these cassettes, and these cassettes summon... They don't summon, excuse me, they don't summon creatures. You turn into the creatures that are on the cassette. And so really, really neat character designs in this game. Like I said, it's a Pokemon-like game. Uh, the biggest difference being that Pokemon is typically a 1v1 battle at any given time. This is always a 2v2 battle. 
So a lot of a lot of the battles are it feels more RPG for that reason. It, you have a party, right? Even though it's only two instead of one or like a fa- Final Fantasy game where you might have three or four. This is only two, but it does feel more RPG for that reason. You're using buffing abilities. You're using debuff abilities on your opponents. Uh, and you're you guys are attacking back and forth that way in a turn based style. And it's been really fun. It's also co-op. There's always two characters on screen and you can can play with two people and one person controls one character the other controls the other and lots of little puzzles that you solve on the overworld map and all the characters spawn on the overworld map as well so there's no random battle encounters which is great i think uh it's it's been I knew I would enjoy it, but I'm glad I'm enjoying it as much as I am. You know what I mean? I'm glad that this game is clicking with me. It's a lot more fast-paced than Pokemon. It's got a pretty cool story about these otherworldly creatures, and and I don't want to give away too much of the game, but there are boss battles. I think there's nine boss battles in this game where you are fighting these, what they call, archangels in the game. They have done something very, very cool with the archangels of this game, uh, these boss battles, where the archangels, each one that I've seen so far has been a different art style. And so Ooh, they are okay, art styles okay. that are not this pixel voxel style art of the rest of the game. You are getting something totally different. And so I, I fought one that looked like an old timey cartoon character, almost like a cuphead character. Cuphead type thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was another that I fought that was like this poorly rendered 3D, almost like a like a PlayStation 2 character that you would see in like a Spyro game or something like that. So so you're getting different art styles in these. And I'm, I'm trying not to give away too much, but sure. they're very, very cool battles. Again, it feels very RPG centered in a way that Pokemon doesn't because there are mechanics in these boss battles that you have to figure out how to beat this boss uh, with without just using basic attacks to knock the boss down to zero health. There's actual mechanics that you have to follow in these boss battles and it's very fun uh very cool very trippy to see these all of a sudden the graphics are different you know and you're like well that is so weird it's a like um eldritch horror style things coming out you know it's very weird but very very cool too a nice change of pace from the monster collecting genre i think they're doing a lot of things right with this game that pokemon fans would probably fall in love with if they gave it a shot i've been recommending it to a lot of people because of how much i've enjoyed it i will play this i don't know if it's something i'll stick with because again i never really get that attached to pokemon games in general uh or pokemon style games like they just never really captivate me as much as i would think they would they just never do um but well, i like will I say, give this I do a shot. think this one's much more RPG yeah. style. Yeah, which is why I want to check this one out. Another another thing that might interest you, and I think that this is something that would interest a lot of people that are turned off by Pokemon, is it's not grindy at all. And the reason it's not grindy is because you are turning into the Cassette Beast, right? The Cassette Beasts do not level on their own. You level as a character. And so I could go back to the starting zone, catch one of the weakest cassette beasts I can find. And when I turn into it, I am the level of my character. Which is really nice. You don't have yeah. to invest so much into leveling exactly, them up. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Now, you can level up. They they have a star system for each cassette beast. And the more stars you get, you can evolve those cassette beasts. And you get they get new moves. Uh, they get a little stronger just in terms of their stats. But basically, they are going to be whatever level you are as a character. And that's really nice because you don't have to grind 
find those things out. The evolutions have been a lot of fun. Um, there is a mechanic where if you, there's a relationship building mechanic with the companions in the game. Like I said, there's always two characters, right? So yeah. you build your relationship with these characters. And if your relationship is high enough, then you can fuse with them. And whatever cassette beasts you and that character are using, they fuse together, create one new cassette beast. And so it's kind of this endless possibility of seeing what kind of weird, you know, abomination cassette beasts you can create by fusing these two together. Um, but they become stronger that way. And, and that's been very fun and very enjoyable as well. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. I don't know when I don't even know that I, I can't remember if I pre-installed this one yet or not on the Xbox, but I will put it on there eventually because like I said, I do want to check this out. I just don't know when that'll be. Sure. It is something I want to get to. Um, for me, outside of Tears of the Kingdom, the only other game I played over the past week is a game that I actually bought on Friday. So I picked this up the day it came out on June 2nd, just like I said I would, because I am a big fan of the third game. Now, this was I this was a series that I fell in love with recently, right? I got a, I think I got a review key for Super Mega Baseball 3 a couple years ago when it came out, and I just absolutely fucking loved it. So when I saw they announced Super Mega Baseball 4 and that it was coming relatively soon, of course I was super, super excited, right? Like, this is a game that I knew I was going to jump into immediately. I'm all Obviously a big fan of baseball and I really enjoy MLB the show every single year and super mega baseball gives me something that MLB the show doesn't. It's more that NES style bases. It's loaded more RBI baseball yeah. arcade feel. Exactly. And I fucking miss that. So I, I really, really fell in love with super mega baseball. Entry four is the first entry that Metalhead Software has been with EA. Now, EA did publish Super Mega Baseball 3 as well, but they came in late into the game. They were there the entire time during the development of Super Mega Baseball 4. And you can tell. Sure. <laughs> you can you can feel EA in this game. And and that's not to say that there's like micro because there's not. Like right? there's no microtransactions. There's nothing like that. The game just feels more like an EA game than than it used to. And it, it never used to feel like an EA game at all because they weren't involved. Now you kind of feel their fingerprints all over things and just the way things are working in the presentation and what's available in the game and how much things have changed. You know, EA's favorite thing about their sports games, think Madden or FIFA or NBA, is that they don't change much right, year to right. year. It's very, very small updates, even though there have been a there's been a several year gap between three and four for Super Mega Baseball. Super Mega Baseball 4 honestly feels like three. 3.5. There's not a ton different. Now, the biggest change they made, which is, again, a very much EA staple, they always pick one thing. And I really, really hope Super Mega Baseball does not become a yearly entry. That's my fear, is that now that they're with EA, we're going to get yearly entries into this series because it's like EA's baseball series now. Um, I'm hoping that's not the case. I really don't want to see Super Mega Baseball 2024 next year. And then, you know what I mean? Like, I really don't want to see them change how they do this, but they could. And I wouldn't be shocked if they do. Um, the big update for Super Mega Baseball 4 has been franchise mode. So that's luckily the only reason I really enjoyed Super Mega Baseball 3 was I played through a shitload of franchise modes, just like I do with MLB sure, The sure. Show. That's my main game mode that I enjoy. So seeing all the changes they did, the way that you can recruit characters, the way that you can customize your leagues and, and really get through these franchise modes, that is really cool to see. I've played a few games so far in my franchise mode that I started. I chose the Sirloins as my 
my team. Uh, all of the stuff in this game is fake, right? These are fictional teams, fictional players. That's incredible. Yeah, they are called the Sirloins. Um, but they have a, a good roster of power hitters and also a solid uh, rotation for starting pitchers. So that's why I chose them. And it showed because my first game that I played, I ended up winning like 23 to 5. <laughs> <laughs> so, granted, the game dynamically changes your uh, difficulty as well. So you'll start out at like 15 ego. And then as you do good in the game, your ego will slowly increase and ego is your difficulty. So the game will dynamically set the difficulty to how you're performing to where the game is balanced, what it should be for your play style. Um, so the first, you know, the first few games, they, they obviously start you out at 15, which is basically like easy. So of course I was cruising through those games and it's been increasing since because I do know how to play these games. I remember how to play and I'm decent at them. So I think in mega baseball three, I tapped out somewhere around like 60 or 70 ego. And I assume that's where I'll get to super mega baseball four as well, but I don't change it. I let it dynamically change on its own. Um, but I am really enjoying this game. They did add 200 legends from MLB, like they passed to this game, and they are their own league in this game. So you have the Super Mega Baseball League, which is the same teams and a lot of the same players, but new players as well that have existed in Super Mega Baseball prior, like okay. one, two, and three. But now they have additional leagues that you can play as in this game. So when I started franchise mode, I had the option to choose either the Super Mega Baseball League. I could have chose the Legends League, which has eight teams with 200 legends in the pool, right? Legends assigned to different teams, then of course as free agents to sign as well. And then they have a partner league where they bring in like media personalities from baseball and they're in the game as well. And you can play as them. So they added a shitload of stuff like that that I think is really cool. Uh, the graphics are a big improvement to what they were in, in Super Mega Baseball 3. I do think it looks crisper. You can tell they put a lot of work into the stadiums. Game is still fun as fuck to play. It's very easy to pick up and play like it's not hard to figure out how to swing the bat, how to pitch the ball, whereas then will be the show. They have so many pitching options and so many batting options that you can customize how you want to play. And that's super cool. But the arcade nature of Super Mega Baseball is that you can just pick up a controller, push the button and it works. Right. Right. And that I really enjoy. Now, as as somebody who enjoyed three very much, uh, do you think that four, you know, if somebody picked up four and bought four, uh, not knowing, do, do you think that this is a necessary entry in the series? Like, would, would it be a disappointment to pick up four and play it? If it was your first or no? No, coming from three. Coming from three into four, I don't think it's necessary to pick up There's right away. Okay. Yeah, okay. I don't. Because I have Especially three. because they increased the price because of EA. This game is now $50. Super Mega Baseball 2, when it came out, was $30. Sure. Super Mega Baseball 3, when it came out, was $40. Now it's $50. And oh, they yeah, released the next a, one will be 60 Well, they already released an edition that's 60 They called it the Ballpark Edition that came with one extra stadium and then two more coming later this summer, which I did not buy. I just bought the standard forty or $50 edition. Um but no, I think with with unless you're a, OK, unless you're a massive fan of franchise mode like I am, if you're a massive fan of franchise mode, what they changed is probably worth the additional ten dollars and jumping in immediately. Okay. Okay. But 
if you're in it more for everything else and just the overall package and just to have a game that's fun, arcade style to pick up and play whenever you've got friends over or just want to sit down and jump online and play some baseball, wait for a sale. I'd wait for a sale. Yeah, I don't think I would pay full price unless I absolutely loved it. And I tend to pay full price anyway. There's not very often when I wait for a sale. I'm just one of those people that if a game comes out, I know I'm going to play it eventually. I buy it on day one. Right, right. But if I was normal, I would say wait for a sale. If I was normal. Big if. But I am loving it. I am loving it. Big if. Big if. But I am loving this game. I am really liking it. And I've only put like, I think I played it for three hours yesterday. That's all I put into it so far. Uh, th- this is not something that I will devote all my gaming time to, right? This is, oh man, I want to play some Super Mega Baseball. So I'll sit down and play like a few games and then I'll jump into something else. Yeah. That's basically what I'll be doing with this game going forward. Sure. And this will this will last me probably a year. MLB The Show usually lasts me, and I'm still jumping into that from time to time because I'm still doing my franchise mode in MLB The Show or my Road to the Show mode. Um, you know, these these sports games, I never put away. Like, there are still times I jump into WWE and do a few things here and there. When AEW comes out later this month, I'll be putting a ton of time into that here and there. But it's never something I just devote all my time to. And now, Kyle, you and I are back live. This is not uh, pre-recorded. This is not two weeks ago. This is now being done on june 18th and uh like i said you and i have nothing new to talk about so i think that'll wrap up current conditions <laughs> sounds good but that's okay like I, like you said go listen to bg mania if you want to hear us talk about diablo we got a lot to say about that game yes we do please go check that episode out plus you'll get to hear 14 excellent pieces of music from the soundtrack that soundtrack is dope oh, very God, very so good. good very very good go check that episode out but we are now going to move into the seven day forecast Kyle, we, as, as we move into the next seven days here, it is an exciting week for me. Uh, there is a very, very big game coming out that I have been anticipating. It was number one for me in Thunderdome. I am I am really looking forward to this game coming out. Uh, you have played the demo. I have not. So we can talk about that in a few minutes when we get to that game. But before we do, game number one coming on Tuesday to PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, and Xbox One, Aliens Dark Descent. Command a squad of hardened uh, colonial marines, can't talk right now for some reason, to stop a terrifying xenomorph outbreak on Moon Leth. Lead your soldiers in real-time combat against iconic xenomorphs, rogue operatives from the insatiable Wayland yutani Corporation, and a host of horrifying creatures new to the Alien franchise. Customize your squad with a selection of different classes, level up and specialize your soldiers with unique abilities and an arsenal of weapons, armor, and perks for high-stakes missions in treacherous territory. This is that RTS Aliens game, right? If I'm remembering correctly? I don't RTS. I thought it was like a tactics type thing. That might I don't be know. what it is. I, uh, I'm not going to play it in either way, but no, me neither. I know that people that are looking forward to this game are like super. No, this is an FPS. Apparently, is it an FPS? A, ta- a tactical FPS. Yeah. OK, OK. So it's part tactics. Some something along the lines of uh, maybe like the Tom Clancy type stuff, but it's aliens branded and uh, people are looking forward to it. They've been talking about this game for a while. So the uh, the only alien game that I'm ever really interested in would be a sequel to um, what was that horror one? Extinction? Alien Isolation. Isolation. That's right. That's right. I want to play Alien I, you Isolation. You know what? I'm looking too. at the screenshots of this game. It looks like a tactics game. I don't think it's an FPS. Yeah. That's, this is tactical it's, it FPS. Seems, I don't think it's an FPS. From what I remember, I'm pretty sure it was more tactics than anything else. But I don't know why we haven't gotten a sequel to Isolation yet. I really want to play another Alien horror game. That was that game was so dope, dude. That game was so dope back yeah. in the day. 
Ah, game number two coming on Tuesday to PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, and Xbox One. Is this not coming to PC? It is Crash Team Rumble. Crash Team Rumble takes Crash Bandicoot in a brand new direction, placing the series' iconic heroes and villains into a 4v4 team-based competition. Duke it out across diverse and dangerous maps as both teams race to the first fit, uh, race to be the first team to collect and bank enough Wumpa fruit to claim victory. Rise as a hero or feed your inner villain across a wild and insane cast of characters, each with their own unique skills and abilities. This is a MOBA, right? Uh, yeah, I think You're a MOBA so. guy. I mean, I used to be. I haven't played a MOBA in years, but... Have you not played League of Legends in years? I haven't played League of Legends in a long time. Wow, okay. Yeah, it's been a long, long time for League of Legends. I don't know who greenlit this game <laughs> or what they were smoking, but... The good stuff. I mean, hopefully it's good, I guess. You know, if it turns out to be like a super fun game, maybe I'll download it and give it a shot. I think it's free, isn't it? I think it might be free. It's It better be. MOBAs don't cost money. <laughs> no one's going to pay for this. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if it's free or not. Um, Activision, so there's a good chance it might not be free. But oh, shoot, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I know it's a game that I'm not interested in at all, so I will be um, I will be skipping it. Okay, hold on, hold on. I just searched Crash Team Rumble on Steam, and it says tactical FPS. Is everything a tactical FPS? That's not. That can't be right. That can't be right. I know this is craziness. Hold I'm up. almost positive this game is a MOBA. I know it is. I we've all seen the trailers for this and nobody cared. Maybe that's why nobody knows. Let's see if let's go ahead and move on. Crash oh Team gosh, Rumble is thirty dollars on $30? PlayStation. Yeah, on PS on PS Plus or oh, PlayStation no. Network. It's a thirty dollar game. Oh boy. I mean, Bosman will play it and I'll watch that. But <laughs> that man, that man has the highest tolerance for garbage. <sighs> he always gets through them. He always Crash gets Team Rumble Standard them. Edition Xbox thirty dollars. There you go. All right. Well, not playing Crash Team Rubble. Yeah, I won't be either. A game that I kind of do want to play. I actually am interested in these last four games here. Game number three coming on Thursday to PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Dr. Fetus's Mean Meat Machine. Help Dr. Fetus create the perfect Meat Boy clone in a unique new twist on the tile-matching puzzle genre. In classic Meat Boy fashion, an endless cavalcade of devious and deadly traps stand between you and victory in this hardcore puzzle game that will push your skills to the limit. This is basically a modern uh, Dr. Robotnik's Mean mean Bean Machine or whatever that game was right. called on the Genesis back in the day. Uh, obviously done in Meat Boy fashion and this game looks absolutely sick. It looks very fun. This is not uh, made by the main uh, Super Meat Boy team. They did license out the kind of the Super Meat Boy likeness and image into this game. Uh, but it does look fun. It does look really cool. Yeah, it looks like a game that I could definitely see myself enjoying. Um, I don't know when I'll pick it up, but I definitely will play it at some point. I really liked Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine back in the day. I thought oh, that was a, a very classic. Fun, yeah. yeah, very, very fun game. And I want to see if this can live up to that. Game number four, also coming on Thursday to PS5 and Xbox Series, Harmony, the Fall of Reverie. The fate of humanity is at stake. Use your gift of clairvoyance to see into the future and stop an apocalypse that threatens the balance between your world and the deities. Immerse yourself in the daily life of a Mediterranean city and get to know its people with a cast of characters who are fully voiced and animated and enjoy an enchanting soundtrack by award-winning composer Lena Rain. I think this game looks gorgeous and I think it looks kind of dope. Uh, this is a visual novel style game. Kinda, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, there is some kind of walking around, but it's a lot of dialogue between characters. Probably not the type of game that I would look forward to typically, but the art style is really cool and it could tell a really good story and that's always a big draw for me also. So You may want to check we'll the see. soundtrack out too. I know you've liked a lot of Rita, uh, Lena Rain's work in the past on games 
games like oh, Celeste. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So could be a good soundtrack. Game number five coming on Thursday to PS5. It's Final Fantasy 16. The 16th standalone entry in the legendary Final Fantasy series marks a darker turn for the RPG franchise with a complex tale of revenge, power struggles, and unavoidable tragedy. Final Fantasy 16 reimagines the series iconic summons as icons. Or is you play the demo? Do they say icons, icons. or I- icons. icons? Thank you. Yeah. These deadly creatures are housed within dominance, men and women who inherit their immense power at birth, whether they like it or not. Icons are the most powerful beings in Valistia, a land where six powerful realms have emerged thanks to the power of the Mother Crystals. The aether provided by these towering mountains of crystals powers the magics that have allowed these nations to thrive for many years. But now, a mysterious blight threatens to disrupt their uneasy alliance. Play as Clive Rosfield, first Shield of Rosaria, Rosefield maybe, I don't know, and guardian of his younger brother Joshua, the dominant of the icon Phoenix in this epic action RPG from a team of Final Fantasy veterans. Which means the Final Fantasy XIV team, which means this game should be fucking dope. So I did play the demo for this. There is a demo that's available. It's probably two and a half to three hours long, uh, and it's the prologue of the game. So you play through the entire prologue and then the save will carry over if you buy the full edition of the game, uh, which I do plan on doing after playing the demo. You were I am impressed, you said. See, you said you yeah. were impressed. I'm excited to see the review scores of this. I did, I did play through the demo in one sitting. I want to say it took me probably about two and a half hours and really enjoyed it. Um, I do not think that this is going to be a massive revolutionary new step in the Final Fantasy franchise, but I think it's going to be a solid entry in the Final Fantasy franchise, unless there's so much more waiting behind the prologue, which I'm sure there is, right? There's I'm sure be. there's lots of surprises yeah. along the way, uh, but the prologue did do a good job to kind of ease you into what this game is like and what the combat and movement is like. Uh, I do, it, it is rated M. It is a mature- This is the first Final Fantasy that's rated M, right? I believe so. That makes me uh, so happy. And and they explore that M rating within the prologue. And so uh, I'm, I played it without my kids present and I'm glad I did that because it would not have been appropriate for them. Uh, uh, are... Introduce them young. What are you doing? They're going to see it eventually. Oh, you know, I mean, it's violent. It's sexy. There are curse words. It, it goes. Yeah, it's a it is an M rated game, but uh, <laughs> it's beautiful. It yeah. is a beautiful, beautiful game. I am not uh, 100% sold thinking it. I don't think it's a 10 out of 10 from what I played, but it's an easy 9 out of 10 from what I played. And I, I'm excited to see where the review scores drop down on this. And uh, I'll be probably picking it up this week. I think this game is an easy 10 out of 10 for me, and I haven't even played it yet. As long as it plays good and as long as the story's like captivating... It's it's hard for me not to enjoy a Final Fantasy. Um, I, well, we'll talk, I I had we'll it at number one. Yeah, I had it at number yeah. one on my list for a reason. So over Tears of the Kingdom. I will say that the story in this game so far is incredible. The voice acting is magnificent. They've really nailed it there. So uh, there there's a lot of cool stuff coming in this game. I can't wait for it. I'm planning to jump in on Thursday when it comes out. So by the time you and I sit down next weekend, we should have plenty to say on this game for next week's episode i i hopefully will jump in and do at least the first chapter or two before we record again there you go there you go we will definitely have some more to say next week i've got at least the prologue done so yeah there you go you can at least talk about that more if you need to (laughs) 
our sixth and final game this week coming on Friday to PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch, Sonic Origins Plus. 16 classic titles, one timeless collection. Experience the collected adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog and the newly remastered Sonic Origins Plus. With 16 legendary Sonic titles, including 12 Game Gear games, new playable characters, modes, challenges, behind-the-scenes content, and more, this is the definitive way to play these classic games. I, I had no idea there were 12 Game Gear Sonic games. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't either. Um, that is so many games on the Game Gear for Sonic. That is a I'm lot. sure one of them's like, it's got to be like Sonic Pinball, right? That Like, that's probably one of them. Sonic, like, Sonic Car, Sonic Solitaire. Like, it, there's no way they made 12 Sonic games for the Game Gear. I'm trying to see, like, if I can get a list of all the games that are in Sonic Origins Plus. Um, let's see here. Sonic Origins Plus. Here we go. Here's the fandom. List of games. So this game has... So this is just, a like, a, a redone version of Sonic Origins, which came out, you know, quite some time ago and had several games on there. Sure. Um, yeah, a lot of these games I've never heard of on the Game Gear. So the list of games in this game are Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic... Uh, Sonic CD from the Sega CD, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Sonic 3 and Knuckles, and then a game called Blue Sphere, which is known as, um, let's see, known as Special Stage Mode in Sonic and Knuckles Collection. It's an Easter egg video game in the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise built into the Sonic and Knuckles cartridge for the Genesis. So they're adding that as a separate game. And then the Game Gear games that are included are Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Sonic Chaos, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, which we just talked right, about there you go sonic drift which is a kart racing game sonic spinball there you go yeah. uh sonic the hedgehog triple trouble okay sonic triple trouble yeah sonic drift 2 oh boy uh tails sky patrol tails adventure sonic labyrinth and sonic blast and sonic blast okay uh, Sonic Blast. This was a side scroller too. Boy, they really uh. Were There's a low shitload games. of Game Gear games. Yeah, yeah. Sonic Triple Trouble. What is this? Sequel to Sonic Chaos. <laughs> Oh boy, I don't know. I don't know about all these Sonic games, man. Yeah, there's a there's a lot. Now, I will say I am intrigued by this collection. Um there is a chance I pick this up because this is a lot of Sonic games all in one spot that might never it not get released again. You're right. So there's there's a chance that I will pick this up. These Game Gear games, especially, I have a feeling won't get re-released anywhere else. So I might have this just to have it. Uh speaking of Sonic, that new Sonic Superstars, was it called Superstars? I don't know if it was called Superstars now that I'm thinking about it. Oh, the the side scroller it's basically new super mario bros u new yeah. sonic bros u right? what is it is it called sonic is it called sonic superstars I can't remember. They just announced it, man. Yeah, it was during the um, during the Summer Game Fest stuff. I, I want to say Sonic Superstars. Yeah, Sonic Superstars. Yep. That yep. game looks dope. That game looks dope as it, hell. It looks very pretty. It looks yeah. super cool. It really does. Um, my pick of the week this week is an easy one. It's Final Fantasy 16. Yeah, same for me. This is That's the one that I'll be picking up and playing. Yeah, same, 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 same. So... That is the seven-day forecast, but we still need to look ahead into the extended forecast. I did not update the next week major releases, so I did have to pull up release lists while we were talking there because I forgot to do that. Uh, but before we get to that, we have a ton of release dates to confirm. Now, these release dates come from the past three weeks since it's been about that long since you and I have posted an episode of this show. Goodbye World releases on June 30th. 
Everybody One to Switch releases on June 30th. That's actually next week for both of those games. Viewfinder, which is a sick puzzle game, releases on July 18th. Are you going to get that? That's the one where you take pictures and the pictures become like part of the world and you can solve puzzles by taking pictures. Yeah, it pic- looks that pretty looks wacky. so cool. I'm going to definitely play that. Remnant 2 releases on July 25th. Puzzles for Clef releases on July 27th, which looks like a fun is, little, yeah. Remnant Remnant is the is the Dark Souls gun game, right? A little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. Uh, Double Dragon Gaiden Rise of the Dragons releases on July 27th. Venba releases on July 31st. About time. We've been seeing trailers of that for freaking years, man. Yeah, and it's on Game Pass, so I, I will be playing it through Game Pass. F1 Manager 2023 releases on July 31st. 31st. Stray Gods, the role-playing musical, releases on August 3rd, and it looks fucking sick. I think that game looks so cool. Uh, Laura Bailey doing some voice work in that game as well. I, I think that game looks so much fun. Wrestle Quest releases on August 8th. Let's go! Gord releases on August 8th as well. Moving Out 2 releases on August 15th. Blasphemous 2 releases on August 24th, which should be so sick. The first game was amazing. Super dark. Huh? It should be sweet. Yeah, it should be. Uh, that People freaked out about the original Blasphemous with how much religious <laughs> liberties yeah. they took in that game. I don't even know the right word to use. It's called Blasphemous. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Under the Waves releases on August 29th. I think that game looks kind of cool. Faye Farm releases on September 8th. The Crew Motor Fest releases on September 14th. Or Murder Fest, as Sev liked to hear it during the Ubisoft Forward presentation. I like that one better. <laughs> Party Animals releases on September 20th. Witchfire releases on September 20th in early access. Eternites releases on September 21st, which looks great. I'm, I'm excited for that. A dating visual novel type game. I'm always in. Payday 3 releases on September 21st, and it's included in Game Pass, which is kind of cool. That is cool. My Time at Sandrock releases on September 26th. Cyberpunk 2077 DLC Phantom Liberty releases on September 26th. I think you and I are going to jump in at that point, right? Yep, I'll be I'll be downloading and playing at that point. And this is this is not just a DLC. People are saying that this is basically Cyber Cyberpunk 2.0. They're uh, revamping so many systems in the game, the entire ability system, how the cops work, how certain abilities and and vehicles and guns work. This is a huge revamp of the base game. So yeah, should be a good time to jump in. Um, Paleo Pines releases on September 26th. That's at like dinosaur park building game. That looks kind of cool, yep. actually. Dinosaur farming game, I should say. Infinity Strash Dragon Quest The Adventures of Die releases on September 28th. I'll be picking that up on day one. Disgaea 7 Vows of the Virtuous releases on October 3rd. Forza Motorsport releases on October 10th. Assassin's Creed Mirage releases on October 12th. Alan Wake 2 releases on October 17th. Gangs of Sherwood releases on October 19th. Hot Wheels Unleashed 2 Turbo Charge releases on October 19th as well. Sony's big fall game, Marvel Spider-Man 2, releases on October 20th. Should be amazing. Should be great. City Skylines 2 releases on October 24th. That also looks incredible. Looks so good. Game Pass as well. Um, Alone in the Dark Reboot releases on October 25th. Like a Dragon Gaiden, The Man Who Erased His Name releases on November 9th. And you want to get into these games now. I, and I've been wanting to, man. I've been saying it for a couple of years now. There's just 
50 of them. Yeah, there's quite a few. There are quite a few. One of the biggest surprises from the Summer Game Fest, Persona 5 Tactica, releases on November 17th, and that looks so sick. Persona 5 meets Fire Emblem, dude. You gonna play that one? I don't know any of the Persona 5 characters. I haven't played that crap either, man. Yeah, but you like you like Fire Emblem type games. I know, but <laughs> damn, I don't know any of these characters. <laughs> Avatar Frontiers of Pandora releases on December 7th. And honestly, this game could be really cool. I think this game could be cool. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun playing in this world. Lots of shooting. I don't know. This this one, I'm not sold yet. Fair, fair. But it does look cool. And then Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown releases on January 18th, 2024. And that game looks sick. This is one of, yeah, this is one of the big surprises for me. I didn't, I didn't see this one coming and it looks awesome. It looks really cool. Announced officially at Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest Showcase and then expanded upon at the Ubisoft Forward the week after. This game looks dope. I can't wait to play through this. A nice 2D side-scrolling Prince of Persia game. It looks dope. It looks really, really dope. Um, there were a ton of delays, right? A lot of games that were thinking it was going to release in 2023 that it got kicked to 2024, such as like Hellblade to send you a sacrifice, bunch of other games. I didn't put all those on the list because I couldn't even fathom to find all the ones that were potentially targeting this year and got moved to next year. However, I do have two that officially, um, we had mentioned previously lies of P was set to come out by the end of August. It is now coming out on September 19th. So that is an official delay. There is a demo for that game that a lot of people have been enjoying. So if you want to check that out, feel free. And then Homeworld three has been delayed to sometime in 2024. Liza P, did you play that demo? I didn't play the demo. I did watch other people play the demo, though. Looks fun. Bloodborne, basically. It's Bloodborne. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a lot of fun. Um, Looking ahead to the big releases for next week, we have Story of Seasons, A Wonderful Life, coming on June 27th. That is a remake, I guess, or or a port or a remaster or whatever you want to call it, of a game that released back on the GameCube PS2 era. And honestly, is my favorite. It was still called Harvest Moon back then, um, but it is my favorite Harvest Moon game besides like the originals. I think A Wonderful Life is phenomenal, and I already do have access to this. Yeah, you've talked about that one quite a few times. Yeah, this this one, uh, the team at XC did provide an early copy for me. I have not played much of it, but um, I absolutely love this game, and I think it's it's so cool that it's being brought for a modern audience. Very, very fun game. Uh, everybody want to switch? Is next week. I know you're looking forward to that. Oh, I don't know. You and your you and your family will be uh, one two switching all around again. I'm sure. You know, oh, got boy. to, got to. Ghost Trick Phantom Detective. That game, uh, Summer Game Fest actually sold me on that game. I think that game looks really really cool. Um, Goodbye World is also next week. Master Detective Archives Rain Code. That Danganronpa light game is next week. Right. And the big one for me next week is AEW Fight Forever. You know, I just realized we've got a uh, we've got a Thunderdome coming up in the next couple of weeks. We really do. Oh, we have a Thunderdome coming up the uh, well, yeah, I guess the first week of July. So in two weeks, it's crazy that we're already there, huh? Yeah, sure is. We took so many weeks off. We're only on episode nine. Technically, we already have another Thunderdome coming up. Yep. Yeah. And the third quarter, July, August, September. Um, It's not as stacked as October, November, December this year, but there's a lot of big games in that time frame. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's still lots of good stuff coming out there. And October is stupid this year, by the way. October uh, is stupid. August, September are pretty big also, though. Between, they are. They are. Between Baldur's Gate, Starfield. Uh, there's there's some really big 
big stuff coming out. Yeah, there really is. It's it's going to be a crazy rest of 2023, as we knew it would be. And that's exciting. That's exciting. But that'll bring us to the end of the extended forecast. And Kyle, I think that'll actually already bring us to the close of the show for this week. Uh, do you have a PP loaded and ready to go? Is it cocked? I've I've always got the PP <laughs> cocked. I've always got uh, one in the chamber ready to fire off. There you go. Uh uh, famed and and uh, longtime folk singer Rufus Wainwright has put out a new album recently that I've been enjoying. It's called Folkocracy, uh, and he's got a song on this album that has John Legend of all people appearing on the song, and uh, not contributing too much to the song, but it is a very cool uh, little folk song that I think is just fun, very easy to listen to. It's called Heading for Home. Go check it out wherever you listen. New album, Heading for Home by Rufus Wainwright. This episode of Play on Arrival, the weekly video game forecast, has been brought to you by RPGera.com. Please remember to leave us a rating and a review regardless of which platform you're listening on. If you want more of us, check us out on YouTube and make sure you're subscribed or following with notifications on. Links to where we can be found on social media as well as to our Discord server and all other important information can be found in the show notes for the episode. 